Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. Amen. How great is our God. All righty. Well, we're going to look at John chapter 7 today. And we're going to read about the first 13 verses. I want to read those and then we'll start talking about it a little bit. It says, After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the feast of the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for even his brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus said to them, My time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. You go up to this feast, I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. And when he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said he is good. Others said, No, on the contrary, he deceives the people. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. So... We start out this section of scripture and it says, after these things. We're talking back in chapter 6, what happens in chapter 6? We see Jesus says he's the bread of life. He distributes two little old fish and five loaves to maybe as many as 15 or 20,000 men and women and children. We know there was 5,000 men. And you usually don't find 5,000 men unless there's women and children along with them. And the other scriptures say that there's women and children that were there. So there might have been as many as fifteen or 20,000 people. And then Jesus goes into that section where he says that, that you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. What he's doing is he's not saying literally eat my flesh and drink my blood. But what he's saying is basically... What you need to do is just as you eat bread and it sustains you, you drink fluids and they sustain you physically. If you take me into your life and trust in me, I will sustain you physically and spiritually. That's what Jesus is saying. Now the people get offended because they think he's saying eat my flesh and drink my blood literally. Now and that's not what he's saying. He's not sticking his arm out and saying hey have a chomp you know. Have at it. But then he goes on and says that, that you can't believe unless the father draws you. And then people don't understand. They just really don't understand because people always think there's something we can do to get to heaven. But the Bible says that there's none righteous, no not one. And the only way we're going to get to heaven is through Jesus. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
and no one gets to the Father but by me. So they get mad, they get upset, and almost everybody walks off except for, except for the disciples, the twelve disciples. Now, Jesus looks at the twelve disciples and says, Will you leave also? And he says, Peter speaks up, you know, Peter's always the spokesman. He says, And to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. Where would we go to? And so that's what he says after these things happen. Now, there's about seven months in between this period of time and the time that chapter 7 starts and Jesus uses that to spend with his disciples now remember John doesn't always write things chronologically just bam 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 one right after another but what John does remember he picks seven key signs seven key miracles and he takes those and he says the theme of the whole book is that you might see those signs and see those signs and believe that Jesus is the Christ and know that you have eternal life in him because of that. So he takes seven key signs and Jesus says the seven I am statements. As we start chapter 7, Jesus says it says that Jesus would not walk in Judea or Jerusalem. Why? Because it says that the Jews wanted to kill him. The Jews, remember, they have gotten mad with him. They are upset with him because he won't bend to their rules, to their regulations. See, unfortunately, like today, the Jewish folks, they started out being real good people, trying to do what's right, at least the Pharisees did. And then they got proud, they got arrogant, they got power, they got power, they got pride, they got prestige. And you know what? Jesus came along and threatened every bit of that. And they got upset because all of a sudden everybody's following Jesus. Jesus is popular. Jesus has got power. Jesus has got prestige. They're upset because they wanted it. And so they are wanting to kill Jesus. Remember, they've already tried a couple times. And so what happens is Jesus won't walk in Galilee, won't walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. And it says, now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. Remember the feast of the Jews, the tabernacle feast was that feast when they lived out in the wilderness in the desert. And they were in the, in the booths, the tabernacles, the little tents. And they were leaving Egypt. And what God wanted them to do was to celebrate that time that they were dependent on him for food and water and everything that they had to sustain them, that they needed to remember that, that God was the one that sustained them every single second of every single day. And without him, they couldn't do anything. And so the Feast of Tabernacles is at hand. And his brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go to Judea, that your disciples may also see the works you're doing. See, what happens is they say, Well, you know, Galilee's a know-nothing town. Galilee is like podunk nowhere, right? I mean, it's like a little old town. And guess what? They say, You know, if you really want to show out Jesus... Why don't you go over to Jerusalem where the big crowds are at? Why don't you go over there and show yourself to them? Because, you know, if you're really who you say you are, you can really do all these things you say you can do. 
Why don't you just go show off? You know, the world always wants to show off, don't they? I mean, the world wants you to show off. They want you to, today, I mean, people love it when you, when the people that run around and they lay, look at me, look at me, look how important I am. Whatever happened to being humble and just, even though you've done something great, you don't have to tell everybody. I mean, used to be, I, I, I would see, you know, these, these older veterans, they, they would win the Purple Heart and they would win all these medals and they'd win all these things. And, and they would keep them hidden because they, they, they didn't have to go tell everybody who they were or what they've done. Now today, everywhere you go, you know, my son is whatever in, in the first grade. I'm a POW. You know, and it's great that you, they were those things. I'm a Purple Heart winner and it's great that they did those things. But today, everybody wants to toot their horn. Everybody wants to show out today and say, hey, look at me, look who I am. I mean, all you got to do is look at the TV shows, right? Who can dance? Who wants to be a millionaire? Who's smarter than a fifth grader? Look at the commercials. Get up and get away today. Have a break today because you deserve it, right? Do it your way. Have it your way. It's all about us. And that's what these brothers are doing. They're saying, look. Jesus, why don't you just go show out? Be like the rest of the people. Show everybody how great you are and how wonderful you are. We don't really need to worry about what people think about us, do we? But you know what the problem is? Is we worry too much what everybody else thinks. If we're good with God and God's happy with me, I don't care what other people think about me. You know, Paul said, I don't, ju- I, don't, I don't care what people say about me. I don't even judge myself as long as I know, feel like that I'm doing what God wants me to do. That's all that matters, right? They say, why don't you go show out, Jesus? He says, for no one does anything in secret while he seeks to be known openly. Now, they, they think Jesus like everybody else. He wants to just go show the world who he is. But Jesus is not like that. He says, if you do these things, go show yourself to the world. In other words, we don't really believe it because it says, for even his brothers did not believe in him. Can you imagine they grew up with Jesus and Jesus didn't start doing miracles until, you know, John tells us when he was about 30 years old, he didn't do those miracles when he was a kid and all the... You know, when he was when he was a child, but he started when he started his ministry at about thirty years old. Now, they had grown up with him, and yet, even in spite of all these miracles, in spite of all the signs, all the wonders, John only gives us seven, and we've seen three or four of them, maybe five at this point. But guess what? At this point, Jesus has probably done hundreds of miracles, maybe thousands of miracles. At this point, John just doesn't record them all. None of the, the Bible doesn't record near the amount of miracles that Jesus probably did while he was here on earth. We don't know how many he did. But he says even his brothers didn't believe. I mean, in spite of everything that Jesus has done, in spite of everything Jesus said, his brothers don't believe. And then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. But your time is always ready. Remember, Jesus is on a divine timetable. Y'all understand that? Jesus cannot go to the cross until that third Passover is there. If you go back to Daniel chapter, I think it's chapter 7 or chapter 9, Daniel speaks of this prophecy. He says from the 
going forth of the command to rebuild the temple till the time that it's built, there's going to be like 183,000 in so many days. Guess what? When chapter 12 arrives and Jesus rides down that street on the donkey and he, he dies on the cross that day, he dies on the exact day that Daniel prophesies and foretells. Because that was the time that was appointed. God said it hundreds of years before. And it happened just like God said it would. And Jesus could not die on that cross until those Passover lambs were being killed. Because he was the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. He was that Passover lamb. And that's what John said in John chapter 1 verse 29. Behold the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And so then Jesus says... You know, you can go up to the feast anytime you want to because guess what? You're not believers. You're not on the divine timetable. You know what? When we become believers, there, there is a plan. There is a purpose. There is a timetable to everything we do in life. Did you know that? We shouldn't do anything unless God tells us to do it. When He tells us to do it. How He tells us to do it. Where He tells us to do it. And the Bible tells us to pray about everything and seek and ask and knock and you'll find. And God will tell you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, where to do it. But you ever heard anybody say there's no hope to life, there's no reason to life? Well, there's not if you're not a believer. But if you belong to God, you're a child of God, you have trusted in the shed blood of Jesus Christ to get you to heaven and nothing else, then God has a plan, a purpose, a reason for you being here. And if you're here today and you're all here and you're breathing and, and, and I see your eyes, most of you, and, and you're, you know what? God's not through with you yet if you're a believer. Jeremiah 29 11 says, I know the plans that I have for you. I have a hope and a future for you, a plan and a purpose, not for despair and not for destruction. So he says, your time, you can go up to that feast anytime you want to because you're not on God's timetable. But then he says, the world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are evil. You know, anytime you stand up for right, the world will hate you. That's right. Especially if you're a believer, all you have to do is just do what's right and people will dislike you. I mean, you know, I've, you ever worked in a company and especially if you work for one of these union companies and, and the people are just goofing off and not working real hard and work at certain companies and they're not working hard and you're over there working real hard and everybody's going, would you slow down? You're making us look bad. You know, I've had that happen before. And it happens in the Christian world when you're doing what's right and everybody, mostly everybody else is doing what's wrong. Guess what? They will hate you. And that's what Jesus says. The world doesn't hate his brothers because they're just like the world. But they hate Jesus because he says, look, what you're doing is wrong. My life proves it. My words prove it. He says, you go up to the feast for I'm not yet going to this feast. For my time is not yet fully come. He says it again. It's not time for me to go. You go ahead and head up there. But I'm not going right now. Because God hasn't told me to go yet. And then it says, When he had said these things to him, he remained in Galilee. So his brothers leave, it says, verse 10, But when his brothers had gone up, 
Then he also went up to the feast, not openly, as it were, but he went in secret. Jesus went to kind of check out the situation. Jesus didn't want to go. He knew people were going to be looking for him. He knew people were going to be crowding him and expecting him to do miracles. And so Jesus is like lurking around the corners and hiding and watching everybody and just kind of lurking in the shadows and watching what people are saying and watching what people are doing and, and, and hearing what they're saying because he wants to see what people are really doing. And it says, Then the Jews sought him at the feast. See, he knew. Where is he? They said. And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said he is good. Others said, no, on the contrary, he deceives the people. See, it's just like today. Some people say Jesus is a good man. But I say he's the God man. That's what the Bible says. Jesus wasn't just a good man. He was the God man. And see, because he divided people, because they didn't understand Jesus. Yeah, Jesus said, I didn't come at this point to bring peace. Ultimately, he's going to bring peace. But he came to draw a line and said, this is wrong and this is right. You either get on the right side, trust Jesus, believe in me, and believe in my death and my burial and my resurrection to get to heaven, or you're on the wrong side of the line. The Bible says that the way is narrow, the way is hard, and straight is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. You know why? You know what the number one favorite song is at funerals? I did it my way. That's right. It really is. I did it my way. And you know what? That's why people will not trust the Lord Jesus Christ because they want to do it their way. God says through Romans and Paul and Romans chapter 10 verse 9 and 10, He says, if you confess Jesus is Lord. Lord means boss, master. Savior, I'm reading the book right now. And then, you know, when, when you said curios, that's why Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and do not do the things I, do, I say do? When you had a Lord, a master, you were at their beck and call. Whatever they said, you did. You did it when they said it, how they did, said it, when they said it, and where they said it. And if you didn't, you were in trouble. And that's what God is saying is if you confess me as your boss, the head of your life, the one that's in control of everything, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. Because he said with the heart, that's your innermost being, that's your everything. I, I believe with everything inside of me that with your heart you confess unto righteousness and with your mouth, you believe under salvation. So you have to mentally understand. You have to turn from your sins. That's repentance. Ask God to forgive you and save you. And ask Him to come into your life and be the boss of your life. You know, I need a boss. Because you know what? Every time I try to do things my way, every time Marty does what he wants to do, I get in trouble. I don't know about the rest of y'all. But I get in trouble when I try to do things my way. And that's why I need a boss, a savior, a God. 
Because you know what? God knows everything. Did you know that? He knows the beginning to the end. And he can tell me, Marty, you know what? You better not take that next step. You better turn to the right and go that way. You better turn to the left and go that way. Okay, well, you know, you better get going and move forward. Because you know what? He knows everything. He knows what to tell you, when to tell you, how to tell you. And he'll do that if you trust in him and believe in him. I mean, the Bible says that man devises his own way, but God directs the path. The Bible says, lean not into your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. And He will guide and direct your steps. The Bible tells us that we need to trust in Him. And that's, that's what these people were divided. They said some said He was good. Some said He was evil. Some said He was deceiving the people. But it says nobody spoke openly because of the Jews. They were more afraid of man than they were of God. And you know what? The Bible tells us Two, that if we confess Jesus before men, that he will confess us before our Father. But if we don't confess him before others, that we're believers and that we trust in him, he says, I won't confess you. See, if we're ashamed of him, he'll be ashamed of us. That's what the Bible says. And see, these people cared more about what people thought of them than they did about what God thought about them. And that's the question today. We want to fit in. We want to be liked. And I understand that. It's nice to be popular. It's nice to be liked. But you know what? It's more important that you're on the right side with God than if you don't have another friend. We got that song in the book that says, What a friend we have in Jesus. I mean, He's the only friend we really need. And if we got Jesus, we're okay. Well, let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you for who you are. And we thank you that we have a friend in Jesus. We have one that sticks closer than a brother. And that he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He died for us on the cross. And he rose again on the third day. And the Bible says that if God be for us, who can be against us? It says that nothing... So can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So we thank you for that today. We pray if there's even one today that's not sure if they would go to heaven today or not. Today they would just cry out and say, Lord Jesus, save me. They would say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. Come in and be the boss of my life. I need somebody to tell me how to live because I always make a mess of it. Forgive me and save me. And take me to heaven one day. If they would just say that within their heart and within their innermost being. You said whoever calls on your name shall be saved. Not might be, not hope so, not cry out and do 400 other things or even one thing. But just believe and thou shalt be saved. Father, we thank you that we can trust in you and believe in you because of your son Jesus Christ whom you sent. Because it says you so love the world. That you sent your only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, Amen. Good to be with each of y'all today. God bless you.
Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 832.